Welcome to this week's episode of Fly on the Wall. I'm Alec. And I'm Haley. And I want to tell you to follow Fly on the Wall on Insta. We're at Fly on the Wall Pod on Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a comment, want to email us, email us at flyonthewallpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to get the podcast in your inbox by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And this week on the podcast, we are, for the first time, having a member of the GU Politics staff on the podcast, which I think is really exciting. We're having our Director of Fellows and Career Programming, Jenny Fay, before joining us here at GU Politics. Jenny had a long career in politics and public service, uh, first working on the Hill for Senator Kennedy, then going up to work as an LD in the Massachusetts State House, and finally coming back to D.C. to work uh, in the Obama White House, eventually working up to being the uh, Special Assistant to the President and the Director of the Office of White House Personnel. We're very excited to have her as the first member of the Geopolitics staff on the podcast. Let's bring in Jenny. Jenny, welcome to Fly on the Wall. We are so excited uh, to have you on, on the podcast. Um, so we're just going to jump right in uh, when you started your career in Massachusetts. So you actually started on the Hill working for Senator Kennedy um, and then moved up to his home state uh, to work in the state legislature. So tell us about why you decided to make the switch and how you and, and got that first job. Yeah, so part of it, well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. I'm very honored that you wanted to have me on the podcast. Um, part of it was just out of necessity. So my husband was going to go to law school up in Boston, and so moving up there made sense. Um, but it was a good career move for me because I had lots of contacts in Mos- in Massachusetts, having, you know, worked for a member from there, um, and moving to a state capital just made sense. So... Um, you know, making that jump was definitely hard, um, moving into a state house where I didn't really quite understand the political landscape as well as I thought I maybe did. Um, but working for state government was absolutely the best decision. I can't imagine my life without having worked for um, State Senator Tolman and um, just being so young and getting that mm-hmm. experience. Um, you know, I went from a staff assistant on the Hill, bottom you know, bottom of the totem pole to the legislative director for a state senator. Um, And it just doesn't really happen here in D.C. So really an opportunity. I'm so glad I took a chance on. And how'd you meet him? (laughs) By how you meet everyone in politics. (laughs) Um, I had an intern on the Hill who offered to connect me with a state senator um, who was in leadership in Massachusetts. And I had an informational coffee with his chief of staff. Um, and she literally walked me around the state house and introduced me to a bunch of different members and um, introduced me to someone who was across the hall from who, the guy who became my boss. And they said, hey, you know, we don't have any jobs, but the guy across the hall just lost his ledge director. Do you want to go meet them? And I walked across the hall and the rest was kind of history. Yeah. Uh, so it was very much happenstance and being in the right place at the right time. So what strikes you as the main difference between Washington and working at state-level politics? Yeah, I mean, state and local politics is just very direct. You tend to live in your district. You know your constituents on a level that, you know, you go to the grocery store and they will stop you in the aisles and say, (laughs) hey, tell Stephen that we need to do this. Um, You hold district hours where you're sitting at a coffee shop, you know, just having a conversation with them about real issues. They walk into your office at the statehouse all the time. So it is a very impactful way to make a difference in government that you don't often see here in Washington. It's also very manageable and tangible, Mm -hmm. right? So 
The biggest bill I ever dealt with was maybe 300 pages. The normal size bill, maybe five pages. Um, Large bills we would complain when they were like 20 pages long. (laughs) So it's just a very different um, kind of level of engagement. You know, a five-page bill um, can have a real impact on folks there, whereas a five-page bill here is an amendment. So um, it's just a much more tangible way to run government, um, and I really loved it. So obviously you knew something about Massachusetts because you worked for Senator Kennedy already, but you didn't grow up there. So what were some of the challenges associated with that? Yeah, so... I mean, Massachusetts is probably its own particular animal that I love very, very much. But um, it is a state made up of a lot of different cities and towns. I think there are 352 of them in a square mileage that is teeny tiny. So they are very proud of where they're from. Um, And one of the things I had to learn was just how to kind of understand that Um, and, you know, engage with them, even though I did not know the vernacular, and I did not always pronounce things correctly, and, you know, I'm... Empathica. I did yeah. not. Um, I did pick up a lot of, um, a lot of phrases from Massachusetts, um, but I, despite my cold accent right now, have kind of a non-accent, because I'm from um, Arizona, which is commonly understood to not have really any accent, mm-hmm. um, or actually a state that can very easily adopt anybody else's accent, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I could get by, um, and people did start to think that I, you know, was from there, um, but kind of breaking into that. I think I was the one person in the state house who had not been from the state of Massachusetts. And Mm so learning, um, just all the players that are involved and all the stakeholders took a little bit of time. Um, so that was probably the most challenging thing was just getting used to, you know, what, what their state government was really all about. So after that, you moved back to D.C. and started working for the White House, um, starting as the deputy director of the Office of White House Personnel and then being promoted to director. So what kind of policy changes within the White House are you most proud of and how did they come about? Yeah, so um, the funny thing is my office at the White House is probably one of the least known places. Um, It's just not commonly in the news. It's very internal facing. It doesn't have a lot of um, external impact. But internally, it does a lot. And we're perhaps one of the most political offices internally because we handle titles and salaries for everyone who works at the White House, which everyone really cares about. Um, So the thing I'm most proud of is that internally, we worked really hard on a lot of work-life balance policies and a lot of, um, you know, promoting healthy lifestyle policies within our office um, for the White House staff. It's actually something that both President Obama and... um, the chief of staff that I served longest under, Dennis McDonough, were very adamant that we work on. Um, and so the biggest of those was um, a updated paid parental leave policy, um, which we had for the last couple of years of the administration. We had had a paid leave policy in place prior to that, and previous administrations had as well. Um, but we really kind of pushed the envelope um, and did the most generous policy we possibly could. White House staff are kind of governed by separate laws from the rest of the federal government, so we get to make some changes to leave policy that don't have to be approved by Congress. Mm. Um, And so we were able to offer 12 full weeks of paid parental leave, um, regardless of if you were adopting, if you were a mom or a dad, 
Uh, and even in fact, we included, you know, people that maybe needed to take care of a sick child or a sick parent or a sick spouse um, so that people could really have that flexibility to keep their job at the White House, keep getting paid while they were at the White House, but take care of, you know, their families. Um, so really proud of that. So how's that process sort of you know, work? Does it just like you write a memo and then send it up to Dennis and he says, very good. And let's move, let's go with it. Or, you know, what goes, what goes on behind the scenes? Yeah. So it's similar to, I think how an external policy memo process works and that we kind of sat down initially and had a conversation with um, my bosses and some senior folks saying, we think that this is a policy that needs to be changed. Dennis had had some initial conversations with us to say, I want you to come back to me with some uh, proposals, look at some research, what are the cost-benefit analyses of um, doing something like this internally. And then a lot of drafts of a memo went around. I think we probably spent four months drafting a memo just to get it to the right place and get it approved by the right offices before it went to Dennis. Um, and then Dennis had some questions and some feedback. Um, and then ultimately it was approved. You know, So that whole process probably took six to eight months. Um, which sounds like a long time, but really actually is not that yeah. bad. Um, and really made sure that we were able to think through kind of all the pros and cons of it. So you actually manage the White House internship program. So for students who might want to land a high profile Washington internship in the future, what is your advice on how to get one and how to succeed in it? So first is have a clean social media profile. Um, Every single internship in D.C., is, you're going to get vetted in some way. Someone's going to look at what you've put on social media. So being very cognizant of what you externally put out there is very important, um, whether that be political views, but also social stuff, um, just being mindful of how you are in college um, can ding you on an internship application. I think getting some prior experience when you're looking for an internship like that at the White House is helpful. We very rarely would bring a freshman on because they just didn't have any office experience. And we wanted to make sure that they could, like, answer phones and run, you know, right. mail back and forth in order to be able to do that. Um, also being willing to do whatever's asked of you. Um, interns in my office in particular, I don't know if they ever, like, sought out doing an internship in the Office of Management Administration or White House personnel because, again, nobody knows what it is. Um, but... When they're given the opportunity, it may not be, you know, the cool office of communications or the first lady's office, um, but being able to see the onboarding process for staff and understanding how um, a White House, you know, staffs and manages and operates is actually really vital to understanding the other side of things. Um, and most of them, I think, probably had a really tremendous experience. So um, taking that chance and being kind of willing to do what's asked even if it feels like maybe this is not what I want to do, um, to get that experience, I think is a really helpful piece. That's a great tip. So last thing we'd like to do on Fly on the Wall is our lightning round. Um, so just, we, we have two questions for you. First thing that comes to mind. Um, number one, besides places you've already worked, where else in DC would you want to be? Mm, I'd really like to actually work at an advocacy organization. Um, I think that either doing something around family-friendly policies, better work-life balance stuff would be somewhere that um, would really intrigue me. And then pick one, Boston or D.C.? <laughs> it does have to be D.C. Mm -hmm. um, I met my husband here. My child was born here. Number two will be born here. Um, and so this place holds a very, very special place in my heart. It's my adopted hometown. Well, Jenny, thanks so much. Uh, we really enjoyed the interview. And glad you could walk by the wall. Thank you, guys. 
All right, that's another episode of Fly on the Wall. Thanks, Jenny, again. Make sure you follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at Fly on the Wall Pod. And if you have any comments on this episode, have any ideas, email us flyonthewallpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.